What's up, guys? We're back with another week of the Ugly Podcast. Dylan here in Athens. Matt in Kennesaw. Matt, how are you? Doing well, man. Glad to glad to be back on uh, the Ugly Podcast with you. It's uh, it's been a minute, but we are back. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what's what's all happened since we were last on? Um, Georgia well, beat Auburn twenty-seven. Georgia. Georgia beat Auburn 27-10. Big rivalry. Uh, Dylan, I know you're a Texas guy from the Austin area, so you understand big college football rivalries, and this is one of them. Uh, you know, Georgia and Auburn, uh, they've been playing for over 100 years. This was a big, big game, and Georgia came out on top 27-10, to 10, and we talked about it afterwards. It could have been a lot worse, probably should have been a lot worse. It really should have been. I mean, like, for how kind of – dominant Georgia seemed like it, it never seemed like the, the game was out of Georgia's grasp yet you know it was only 17 points it, it I don't know I, I really thought it should have been in the 40s honestly with Georgia um, especially yeah I mean they ran the ball for over 300 yards and <laughs> obviously it, that's SEC ball whoever has the most rushing yards is probably going to win the game and it wasn't even close this week and again that happens in this rivalry too auburn usually runs the ball really well georgia always does and they rush for over 300 yards had some trouble near the goal line they've kind of had those issues all season but overall it was clear dylan that georgia was the better team and they came out great atmosphere great environment we're going to talk a little bit about that later but another big win rolling on uh, so i mean it was just like I don't know. Auburn can't run the ball at all. Like they're awful. I tried telling everyone, man, this is a bad Auburn team. They can't run the ball. They've got no identity, Dylan, on offense. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, they had more rushing yards than I thought they would. But if you go back and look, I think more than half of those yards came on three carries. Yeah. And so it was just three big plays and then past that, I mean, they couldn't really do much. I mean, Georgia just kind of shut them down in that regard. Yeah, I've never been a Jared Stidham fan. He had some moments last year. I'll give him credit for that. He played well against Georgia in Auburn, but See, I, I mean, I, I he wasn't. I like Stidham. I think he's good. He was not throwing the ball downfield. I don't know if he just didn't have any guys open, or if he was scared, or the Georgia defense just kind of made it to where he couldn't. But he was kind of dinking and dunking. Didn't really try to go downfield very often. I'm not a big fan on him, but I know he'll make some plays here and there. But well, we'll I, see. I think that was just kind of the game plan. I think they, they knew going in that they were going to struggle to run the ball against Georgia. Because, I mean, they struggled. Would they have 19 yards against Texas A&M? And so they yeah. were like, they looked at it and they're like, okay, if we're rushing for 19 yards at home against Texas A&M, how are we going to do at Sanford against Georgia? And they did yeah. better, but I think they kind of knew that their best bet was with those dinks and dunks. You're right. You're um you're exactly right. Georgia, again, obviously the better team. And going back to the rivalry, this means a lot because Auburn recruits the state of Georgia so well. They all they have to come and get half their kids each class from the state of Georgia. And so does everyone else. I mean, you see Michigan, Ohio State, you know, everyone comes to Georgia to get kids. But Auburn in particular, and, you know, there's always guys, you know, Derek Brown chose Auburn over Georgia. Don Travis Russell their defensive lineman was a former Georgia commit. Darius Slayton was committed to Georgia before flipping to Auburn. Terry Godwin chose Georgia over Auburn during his recruitment. So you see a lot of that each and every year. You know, there are always big recruiting battles between Georgia and Auburn, so you've got to win these big games. So, um, yeah, it, it, we hit the nail on the head there. Georgia ran all over Auburn. Um, you want to talk about practice and what do you – 
what do you think uh, we'll see maybe this week against UMass? Well, I don't know. It's going to be a real tough one against UMass this week. Uh, the Minutemen, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, though. Um, how, how's the weather been up in Kennesaw? Because it's been awful here. Uh, it's probably not been as bad as it has been over there in Athens. It's I mean, it's cold and kind of nasty and rainy a little bit. Last week I went to Marietta to go see Eric Gilbert and a few others, and it was just sloppy and muddy. Uh, it rained a little bit today, kind of throughout the day. It wasn't hard or anything like that. I mean, what's it over in Athens right now? I mean, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it was. I didn't see the sun. Today was the first day I've seen the sun, and this week, and you know, it's been not really heavy rain all week, but it's been just raining. It has been literally constantly raining, and so George has been forced inside all week. Um, and I think, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is usually their days to practice outside, but they couldn't this week. And I think Thursday, they always practice inside no matter what. And even though it was a little bit better today, I don't think Kirby is one to really mess up a uh, schedule, even if it would mean practicing outside. Right. And so someone told me this week, they were like, oh, yeah, it means um, <clears throat> it means that they're probably going to come out a little flat because they're just, you know, thrown off their rhythm, haven't gotten to practice outside. And this was someone within the program. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, but – coming out flat against UMass, like what does that mean? Like what, what does that even look like? 17 points in the first quarter only? 14? Matthew Downing and Prather Hudson should lead this offense to 40 points. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean. With that it, offensive line, yeah. Definitely. Let's talk about the offensive line real quick. Um, ben Cleveland still hobbling around practice, right? Yeah, Kirby said this week that I think he was – I think he said 70%, which is a little surprising because, I mean, he was playing two weeks – or he was ready to play two weeks ago. And so where exactly is he at? Where was he at back then is just kind of curious to see. Um, we saw him working with the first team um, at right guard this week for Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday it kind of got thrown a curveball and um, Trey Hill was out there at right guard working there while Ben Cleveland kind of watched to the side. And then – other injury-wise, Cade Mays and Kendall Baker, we just didn't see it all this week, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Uh. Uh, my guess is that those three could probably have the ability to play this weekend, but and maybe they do if you know Trey Hill goes down, Lamont Galliard, or Andrew Thomas goes down with yeah. something. You know, maybe you see those guys get placed in there, but I think they want to just give them that extra week to rest because they're probably much more needed against Georgia Tech and Alabama than right. they are against the Minutemen. Well, quick question. One of my favorite recruits. I watched him for years and years and years. Where's my boy Jamari Sawyer at? Are we going to see a lot of him on Saturday? You would think we'll see a lot of him just because, yeah. I mean, like I think we'll see a lot of everyone. Yeah. Um, I, right now it looks like Trey Hill is the guy in front of him, which is a little surprising. I, I didn't expect to see that at the beginning of this year. At, but um, at, at center guard both right now? Both, yeah, at both. Yeah. Um, I think especially at center, I think Trey Hill is probably the guy next year at center when Lamont leaves. Uh, so that will you know, allow Jamar to come up. But it, it is kind of thrown into question. I mean, you look at the two guards right now, both so redshirt sophomores. Yeah. So you know, Jamar is going to have to outplay one of them. And I don't see that being Ben Cleveland personally. I think Ben Cleveland's great at that right guard spot. He is. And, and Solomon's been really good too. So it's yeah. – it is going to be curious to see how that plays out. I do think we see a lot of him this weekend um, just because I think they want him to develop and get more playing time. I think he he played a little bit against Tennessee late in the game, a little bit against you know the middle Tennessee State and Vanderbilt. So he has gone in and played, and I thought he's played well. I mean, when he's in there, 
and the offensive line, the game's a blowout. It's already over. But I've tried to watch him a little bit. He's my boy, and I, I do think he will be a very good player when he does break that starting rotation. I, so I, he's I was, excited to see. I, I was told earlier in the year that the, the issue with him was just kind of the grasp on the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's still the case, or maybe right now I think they've probably just kind of found their rhythm with who they have and who they've been playing. So it's kind of hard to just throw someone in there like in the middle of the year who hasn't really gotten a whole lot of playing time. Right. And so I think what it's really going to take, I think, is just an injury next year. You know, someone's going to go probably go down. I mean, look at all the injuries they've had this year, and it happens. Kind of like yeah. with, um, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll just they'll throw him in there and he'll have his time to prove it then. And I, I think he will. I think he's a very good player. Um, I think he just needs to be given that opportunity. Nice. Nice. Well, hopefully we'll be able to see, uh, him and other youngsters on offense on Saturday. What about the defense? You know, who's all banged up there? We getting David Marshall back, uh, Daquan Hawkins, you know, what's the latest on those guys? Um, Hawkins Michael is a little hard to tell. I'm not really sure what exactly is going on there. I, I don't think he'll be playing this weekend. Um, David Marshall, we saw still in a boot the other day. We actually were walking by the weight room and we saw him scooting around on those little scooters. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my guess is he probably will not play this weekend. Probably will not right. play next weekend. And yeah. it's probably doubtful for the SEC championship game. Man. Yeah. That was a tough injury. I didn't think it would be that serious when it first happened, but boy, he's been out for how long now? I mean, <sighs> a few weeks. I can't. I can't even remember. Before, I feel like it's a couple months now. It seems like it's been a it's while. Been, I think maybe a month and a half, maybe a little less, month and a week, maybe close to yeah. that though. Yeah, but I'm again other freshman. I'm excited to see Adam Anderson, who's been coming along really well. Yeah, he's been he has been playing really well. Well, I always thought he was the best, the better pass rusher than Brenton Cox. I think Brenton Cox came in was more of a funnel, you know, a fundamentally sound, just better overall outside linebacker where Adam Anderson was the better pass rusher, and we're, we've seen that a little bit in the past couple of weeks. Channing Tindall has played more and more and more. Um, inside linebacker they stole out of uh, Columbia, South Carolina. He's a good one. Um, we'll see. So definitely a week for these young guys to to play a lot. Anyone standing out to you in practice at all? Um, no, not really. Uh, what's kind of been interesting to see is, just, is Devon Wilson. He's a guy who's Tours ACL in the spring, um, kind of assumed that we wouldn't see him at all this year. But then, I mean, he's just been slowly, I mean, I can't remember. I think it was maybe September, early September, I saw him out there, and I was like, okay, so he's, he's actually kind of working. And I was like, maybe he's just kind of getting back in the rhythm of things and just kind of getting ready for next spring. And then he started putting on pads, and then he started put, you know, started putting on pants, and now he's working with the twos. He's working with the twos right now as a true freshman who hasn't played a game yet. And... Will he like you know? Will he actually get that kind of those kind of snaps as the two in the secondary? Probably not, just because it's so late in the season. But I think we are, we will see him this weekend, and we probably will see him you know throughout the rest of the season while maintaining that red shirt. Really? That I mean, that'd be big. I mean, there was so much hype around him coming into the spring, and he was a solid four star prospect. He's got that swagger, Dylan. That that South Florida swagger that you know uh, Tucker and Kirby love. They've been going down to South Florida and trying to get as many DBs as they can, and they're doing it in 2019 too. But Wilson is a guy I know they liked and was playing really well this spring until that injury. So good news there for sure. Yeah, there, was a, there was a moment in the spring where he was the starting star. And I didn't really think he would be that good, at least right off the bat. But the right. coaching staff loves him. And just kind of, yeah, that, like you said, that swagger he brings and kind of the, the football intelligence that he brings there at that position as well. 
Yeah, they play tough down there <laughs> in South Florida for sure, especially at DB. They, they've just got a, a different air about him and the way they play. He definitely brings it. So, I mean, we talk about all these youngsters getting playing time. I mean, is the average fan excited about this game? I mean, we've, we've got to cover it. We've got to be there. But part of me is thinking, man, it'd be great if it was anyone else other than, than UMass coming in, sandwiched right between Auburn and Tech. I mean – how do you feel? I think it's just kind of a good change of pace, at least, because I mean, look, you just look at the the past several weeks that Georgia has been on. What was yeah. it? it was LSU bye week, Florida, Kentucky, right. Auburn. Yep. yep, all all were ranked, so they've. Like, I mean, that's that, a gauntlet right there. That was that was definitely the meat of the schedule. Uh, I'd still like to have yeah Texas thrown in there. I want to play the Longhorns. I know they've got it. That would be fantastic. Probably not this late in the year, especially between Auburn and Georgia Tech. It's kind of a lose-lose. But it, the only thing that you can get out of this game is no injuries and to get some experience for your young guys. I mean, am I missing anything? I mean, it's just it, it really is just kind of a rest. I mean, Kirby will never say that, but it's, it's just a, a good break from what they've done. And I think to start the year with cupcake games sucks. I mean, that was, you know, the three of the first four were just – not fun games, and it was just it was kind of boring to cover. It wasn't that great, but then I think a cupcake game like th- at this point in the season, if you're going to throw in a cupcake game in your schedule, throw it in. You know, this late in the season because it's just a good rest. Yeah, I agree there, and um, it's a nice tune-up game before Georgia Tech. You know, that's obviously a tough offense to uh, to game plan for. So it's nice to have a team like UMass and right before Georgia Tech instead of maybe an Auburn or or uh, Kentucky, excuse me, there. So, um, but yeah, black jerseys, they're going to throw those out there? I don't they did know. UL Monroe, they didn't last year. I mean, why not? They have that's, to at some point. The, the black jerseys are not gone because that's just such a big recruiting pitch. Yeah, they look great. They look great. They are, they are. good they're, they're so looking cool. jerseys. They are, and, and the recruits do love them. I, I mean, they all have on uh, – they go through the photo shoot on the visits. They always get on the black jersey to try it out. So if you're not going to do it for a big game like Auburn, again, you don't need it for Auburn. But maybe for UMass, you throw them on. You say, great job, guys. You won the East. Let's have a little fun. And they, and they say to the students, hey, maybe you shouldn't go home for Thanksgiving so early. Because maybe we'll give you a little treat, a little black jersey. Right? There you go. There you go. Hopefully the weather will be okay. Are you expecting bad weather on Saturday? What's the forecast? I don't know. I haven't even looked, to be quite honest. I don't think it's as bad. I think the because it's it stopped raining today. Like I said, we got to see the sun for the first time in a few days. Um, so I, I think thought, it'll be all right. Probably be cold. I'll be good either way up in that press box. They got those heaters, man. That was nice. Well, Everyone, man, dude, you might be shooting on the field this week. I don't know if you know about that. Oh, see, dude. see, I get this from you on on the podcast. <laughs> Dean told me he was like, uh, next week I'm not on the field. I'm going to sit in that press box and not shoot. So, oh my god. So I'll probably be on the field. I don't know about you. It depends if if Brad comes or not. I don't want to be on the field. We need Brad back. We need we do four. Need Brad, man. The dog post is a group of four and. Hopefully Brad can uh, find his way back to, to help. I, oh, man. I want to be on the field. Press box is nice, man. Yeah, That's money for that Auburn game. I was bundled up. You saw me out there, but I didn't need half those uh, the clothes I had on with that heater. Did, so. did you, I got so cold. I was, did I tell you? I was wearing a bandana. I, I looked like a bandito. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I, I did not see that. 
I had well, to. I looked, like I, I looked like I was trying to rob a place with the, the oh the the yeah Matt was wearing a what black coat. Yeah. It was a black Columbia coat, heavy with the the black, black beanie. Yeah, yeah. You looked like you were trying. You were about to burglarize a home. Oh, it was comfy though. I, I, it makes sense. I did get a lot of weird looks uh, <laughs> around Sanford Stadium. I had no no idea why, but uh, yeah, I guess it looked like I was trying to to rob everyone there. But um, it was fun. Uh, uh, the recruits definitely had a good time last week. We can talk about that a little bit. Bunch yeah. of five stars there. Um, still trying to get a hold of some, but yeah, they picked up a commitment out of it. Four star running back Kenny McIntosh, uh, big tough runner bruising kind of tailback he's like 6'1 close to 220 he's a big dude so so is that you know john emory kind of had the same kind of playing style was that the kind of back they really wanted out of this class or was that just a coincidence were they just looking for any back they could get uh, you definitely want one of the best backs because georgia is running back you i mean every year you're going to go out or they're going to go out and get either one or two of the best in the country so they're never going to settle at the running back position. They know they can go out there and get the best. And I think Kenny McIntosh is probably right in that top 10 range of the best in the country. I wouldn't call him a top five running back. But he's probably just sneaks in there in a top 10. But, I mean, yeah, it's always nice to have a battering ram in the fourth quarter, a healthy 220-pound back who can get you some tough yards up the middle and possibly near the goal line when you need it. So, you know, he's not DeAndre Swift. He doesn't have the speed of hammer a holy fielder james cook but so he's definitely a different back than what they have and we'll see i mean he can he can carry the load i i know i've said it all the time i mean i think georgia needs to sign two running backs in each class because they go down you know it happens i mean yeah you look at it like they really only use three running backs and honestly really only two this year I yeah. mean, brian herring gets like what three carries a game and, and james cook has just kind of disappeared it looked like they were going to use him a lot and that's just Dropped dead out of nowhere. Well, Swift has got healthier and healthier, and Elijah Holyfield has earned he's all been, yeah. the carries he's got. So, yeah, I'm sure they'd like to get James in, more in there, but that means you're taking away carries from Swift and Holyfield, and the fan base is not going to like that. As much as everyone wants to see James Cook out there and just, more freshman play, you're not taking the ball away from Swift and Holyfield the way they're running right now. I thought it was just going to be more in, like, just kind of, you know, specific packages, maybe in a yeah. wild dog package with him, because that's where they were using him a lot in fall camp, yeah. or you know, screen passes. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of after that uh, that one hit. Yeah, <laughs> front <laughs> coverage. I um, I don't think Kenny McIntosh is going to be carrying the load a lot next year. He's going to definitely behind a few guys. Again, Zamir White coming back, he's going to get a lot of carries too once he can get healthy. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, think about that running back room next year. You don't lose anyone. It'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. And again, McIntosh is a solid back, um, and it was what they needed. They needed a running back to jump on board quickly after the Emory decommitment, and, and that's what they got. And you know, he was on his official visit. And this Georgia staff does really well with these kids and their families on official visits. And uh, Nicobe Dean was there. Um, five-star linebacker kind of down to Georgia and Alabama there. He was there with his mother, father, and sister from what he told me. I think I got that right. But uh, Georgia's definitely in the mix there. Trevor Keegan, uh, big offensive tackle out of Illinois. He was on his official visit. Georgia, I think, needs two more offensive linemen in this class. They only, they've only they got two. They got your boy Xavier Truss from Rhode Island, and they got Warren McClendon 
down in Brunswick. So I think they need two more. Trevor Keegan and Clay Weber, the top two targets there. Both of them were in Athens for the Auburn game. I mean, it, it, it was a star-studded event. I mean, yeah, and that was a that's such a perfect game to do it. Night game against Auburn, you know, one of perfect. Georgia's biggest rivals. It was perfect. You couldn't ask for a better college environment than that. I mean, the, the place was rocking. It was at night. Big game. Everyone was into it. And usually, you know, for some of these night games against a bad opponent, I'm, I'm ready for the game to end. It's, it's 9, 10 o'clock. I know we have to work like two hours after the game. I'm ready for the game to end. And against Auburn, I was into it the whole time. I looked down. I'm like, man, it's like 1030. I'm still rocking and rolling. Yeah. Doesn't feel like that. I mean, it was it was fun. It was a fun game to cover because a lot of the times it can get kind of boring and you're re- we're ready to go. On, um, on the field, I'm saying the the lights, the the phone lights at the fourth quarter on the field. That's just that's so cool. It's I mean it's I mean from the press box it's really cool, but just on the field, it's oh, just, yeah. you know, you're just engulfed by it. Yeah, that is that is a big deal, and the the recruits get a kick out of that. And again, a lot of 2019 commitments, targets there. A lot of 2020 guys, even some 2021 kids. I mean, lots of young talent was there uh, to see it. Also, um, they got a commitment out of it. Might have gotten a couple silent commits out of it. We'll see if those uh, come to fruition. But overall, very very good weekend uh, when it comes to recruiting. So, I got an update on the black jerseys. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Dylan's got a great source here, everyone. Obviously, um, you all know that by now if you're listening to us and on Dog Post. So, uh, first reported by Dog Post on the, the Ugly Podcast, Georgia, no black jerseys. So, we'll see. Maybe that changes. Maybe Kirby's just hold, holding tight. He's keeping it really low key. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't even a probably not. It was just in yeah. O. Yeah, I mean Kirby just texted you those. I mean, I mean we already. Know. <laughs> I wish, man. Yeah. Um, let's go into Georgia basketball, Dylan. Talk to me about some Georgia basketball. You're more of a basketball guy than I am. I've watched Georgia basketball since I was a kid. Love Georgia basketball. What can we expect out of this team? And uh, you know, what are some quick hitters for the audience here about this team? I I don't know. I've been so like I've been so back and forth, but. Before the season, I think I've kind of got my answer. I, I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Um, I think they were picked to finish 12th in the SEC. I think they'll do a little bit better than that. I think they'll finish in the 8 to 10 range. Um, but, I mean, think about it. You lose probably your, your two best players from last year. And one of them is a you know all, a Georgia all-timer in Yante Maiden. And so that's a huge loss. I mean, imagine that if Mark Fox had remained the coach and you lose that, you would say this team is going to be atrocious. But then Tom Crean comes in and people are like, well, maybe this team's actually going to be good. Maybe it's a tournament team. And I just, I don't think it is watching their game against Temple, Savannah State. They just, they need to figure out the point guard spot. Uh, Turtle Jackson, I don't, I still, I still kind of believe in him, but I, I'm starting to lose faith a little bit there. It's all about the athlete still. I mean, you could be a great coach. I, I just think of this, collegiate level you still have to have really good players i mean you still have to have better players than there i mean how often does coaches how often do coaches win games in college basketball college basketball i will say coaching is is more important than in the nba nba players are very important that's it's most right. of the focus i mean if you have a really good coach with like with the spurs in the nba like with greg popovich then it does make a, a, a difference but it's mostly with the players college basketball is a little different Coaching does really matter, and Tom Crean will help with that. I mean, his fast-paced offense will be something that will be good. It will also make it more exciting to watch. 
But at the end of the day, yeah, you, you do need players, and Georgia does not have elite players at the moment. Well, excitement's the word you just said, and that's what needs to be brought back to this program is more excitement. And that's that's Tom Crean's big thing is just the, the Stegman Coliseum needs to be exciting, not just because it will make it a tougher place to play, but for recruits. When recruits come, you know, like, like with the Auburn game, they want to see a, a lit environment and people going crazy. And so that's what Tom Crean's been trying to do. He's been trying to get fans more interested in Georgia basketball, and he's done a good job at it. Because when you get interest in it, people will go to the games, and when people get, are interested in going to the games, they're excited to be at the games. And when recruits see that, they'll be like, hey, I actually like this would be fun to play at. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I still I, – I'm like you. I don't think Georgia basketball is going to be great this year. But I am optimistic for the future. I do think Tom Crean is going to do very well here. But what are – what are the expectations of Georgia now? I mean, you can't expect them to play in the NCAA tournament every year when they never really make it that often. I mean, are those the expectations, or is it just to maybe beat Florida and Tennessee and, and, and Auburn? You I, know, I think – I mean, that can't be the expectation right now. There's just going to need to be – Georgia needs to get more players before that can become a real expectation. But if Tom Cream is here for – I mean, if he were here for the next 10 years, and that's so hard to say if he will be or not – Right. But if he were here for the next 10 years, I'd say at year three or four and after, the expectation should be to make the NCAA tournament every year. And that might not happen. You might miss out. But you should make it almost every year past that point with Tom Crean. Are the students all in on Tom Crean? It would, what's it like on campus? Is everyone oh, excited yeah. about basketball? Okay. He, well, not right now, just because it's the middle yeah. of football season. But people are more interested in it than they were the past several years. I mean – Two years think, ago, they, they couldn't think, even sell out against Kentucky. Yeah, and, and that's bad. And it should never be that way at Georgia. I know it's a football school, but it should still never be that way. I mean, You're an hour but, from Atlanta. You should, it shouldn't be that way. They should be getting kids. No doubt. I do think if after the first big win for Tom Crean, or maybe a, a top 25 win, that you'll start seeing more and more excitement for sure. He needs that one big win, hopefully sooner than later, and be able to <laughs> – Kentucky ain't all that great at basketball. I mean, we saw we, we saw him a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, against your boys. It, yeah, it, even before that, when uh, we were celebrating Fletcher's. Oh, and, yeah, when we were in Kentucky. Saw him on TV, uh, just an exhibition, you know. They're playing some the Blind Academy or something, and they were <laughs> right there at, ha- you know, at halftime. It was kind of a close game. I am not all in on Kentucky basketball this year. Maybe Georgia can get an upset in uh, – you know, at, at Stag this year, who knows? I bet they'll get at least. You have to think they'll get one win against either Kentucky, Florida, or Tennessee. Tennessee will be tough because Tennessee's really good, but Tennessee hasn't beaten Georgia twice in a season in the past few years, and I think this is probably the best team Tennessee has seen in a while. But still, that this is—they always seem to struggle a little bit against Georgia when they really shouldn't. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Tennessee is a basketball school now. I think it's safe <laughs> to say. Uh, and I think a lot of Tennessee fans will start to agree with that. I know 10 years ago, if you said that, they'd want to fight you. Blasphemy. But I, Yeah, I got a couple of buddies who are like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a basketball school. But I will say Pruitt is going to change that place around. Tennessee will be the second best team in the SEC East in two years. Not next year. In two years, Tennessee will, will be the second best team in the SEC East. Still a good ways below Georgia, but... Pruitt is bringing in a lot of talent 
well, uh, at Tennessee for sure. I mean, do you think he'll be able to sustain that though? You think that because right now, I mean, they're pushing hard and they're doing well, just from what I can tell. But do you think he'll be able to, you know, make that happen each and every year? I mean, what, why not? I mean, the the rest of the SEC East isn't all that great. It's Georgia and then everyone else. So I think he's got a really good opportunity to take that next step and get past South Carolina. He already beat. They didn't beat South Carolina, did they? I don't even remember that game. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Um, and again, Florida, they can pass Florida in a couple years. Um, I, he's bringing in the talent and I do know, I do think he's a good coach. I think he's a good X's and O's guy. He's a player's coach. He can kind of be a jerk here and there, you know, but, but I mean, Kirby can be a jerk too. Exactly. Both, I mean, they're like, you just kind of have to have that almost Pru- that psychoness about you. Pruitt's then- got that and he knows what it takes to win national championship because he did it as the DC at Florida state and. Had some good years at Georgia and then won championships, you know, coaching you know, at D.C. at Alabama. So he knows what it takes to win. But going um, going back to basketball, I just want to throw that out there. I am a, a Jeremy Pruitt believer. In a couple years, I think they could be pretty damn good. But they're a basketball school. And is it – I mean, Auburn might be a basketball school in a couple of years. That program keeps getting better. They have a good basketball team. Auburn? Yeah, they do. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just like Bruce Pearl is a scumbag. For sure. I, I think bag is the correct word. Um, but real quick, I mean, I, I th- can Duke go undefeated? No, they won't go undefeated. It's so hard to go undefeated in college basketball. I mean, could, they, could they beat the Suns? No, no. There's if, no – I mean, the, dude, we're talking about – these kids still at, at Duke still have to go to class and everything. and I mean, they're partying. They're, like, having a good college experience. While the people at the Suns – like that's their job. That is their full time job, is to so, play basketball. If you take these Duke players out of school for a couple weeks, let's say throw an Orlando Magic jersey on them, train them for just a couple, two or three weeks or whatever, and they play the Suns ten times, you see the Suns beat. beat I think them they would times. win ten. Th- I mean, dude, okay, DeAndre Ayton would right now could destroy. Uh, I don't want to say destroy, but I mean he would work Zion down. Well, yeah. Again, I'm not the NBA expert. I forgot they had that Aiden kid who is Devin Booker. Devin Booker would Devin cook. Booker RJ, he could shoot. Uh, but I, I, Barrett's legit. Zion is obviously legit. I'm just praying that my Hawks just tank, Dylan. Tank. They, you got you got Trey Young. He's got some promise of potential. He could shoot. Go get Zion, and have make the Hawks great again. Go get Zion. Tank for Zion. That's what I'm all about. Even if it like, even if they don't think he's the best player, they should draft him because people do not give a shit here about the Hawks. No, in drafting Zion would make people give a shit. Trey Young and Zion. I keep up with the Hawks. I'll watch them if they're on TV. I enjoy good basketball, but I haven't getting out with the Hawks. Right, I haven't been to a Hawks game in probably two or three years. If they draft Zion, my ass is in the seat, and you've got a whole bunch of people who are going to be coming to Hawks games. I mean, just to get people in the building and get excited about Hawks basketball again, they need to tank. They were awful last year. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you're terrible again this year. It's the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, because people are watching the Falcons. People are still hung up on the Braves, even though we're like you know, two months out of that. But, uh, I mean, get Zion and Trey Young, and people will be interested. Even if they're not good, people will yeah. be interested. 
Definitely. No doubt. No doubt. Um, we'll, we'll see. I kind of think Duke, Duke might go undefeated there. there. That'll, some, that'll be something that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, any, any last thoughts? on? Uh, do we give a score prediction for the game? I don't even I, – I can't remember. I wrote it in final feelings. I think I said like 51-3. to three. Oh, 51-7. That's what I'm going 51-7, with. 51-7, yeah. 51-7. We'll say I think uh, – yeah, I'll be comfortable with that. Hopefully it's uh, a nice day. Hopefully it's not raining and super, super cold. That would be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, what are you doing tomorrow? You going somewhere tomorrow night? You just hanging in Athens? Um, I'm actually – so I'll get a, the dog the mascot, is right. doing an event at the bookstore. And I'm trying to do a story on Ugga and just on a game weekend, what does he do? Right. And so I'm going to the bookstore and watching him at this alumni event for about two and a half hours. I will sit there and take <laughs> notes on Ugga the Bulldog. He's going to be sleeping the whole time. They need to do something about the mascot. He's the greatest mascot in college sports, and he's just a, a, a fat dog who's on his way out. He's so it's cute. bad. He's so cute. The other dogs were cute. This one's not cute. Oh, I'm what, kidding. dude? Oh, dude. I'm I, don't back. I was about to use some very choice words there. Listen, I love Ugga as much as the next guy. I, I saw what the, the Ugga looks like now, and you got to get younger. You got to get someone who can breathe on his own and likes to run and jump up and bite armor players. I mean, that's the Ugga that I guess I grew up with as a kid. You know, an active yeah. Ugga on the sidelines. That one just sleeping. The whole damn time. So I want an active Ugga on the sidelines. He like, yeah, he just, I mean, like, during the Auburn game, he didn't care. He just wanted to sleep. His by eyes his, aren't his, even open. Yeah, he just likes to sleep by his brick of ice. Well, I think they give him some type of medicine because I know he takes pictures with the kids and all that. And the last thing the program or university needs is for Ugga to bite some little girl. So I, I get it. So I think they pretty much sedate him so he can take pictures with the kids. And then by the time the game's there, he's, he's done. He, he's out. He yeah, ain't happy. He, he's so tired. I mean, man, he, he, if you did all that he did, you would be tired too. Drive from Savannah up to Athens uh, Friday, and then you immediately go to – I was talking to Claude Feldman about this. He, he goes to an event like every Friday, whether that's at Terry College of Business, just to say hi to students. You know, there's an alumni event that they're doing tomorrow. He's doing something on Fridays. And all of Saturday he shows up and he's taking pictures with people, walking around. I'd be pretty tired too. Uh, he's half asleep the whole time. I, I'm just saying, if you see the owners, if you see the UGA people taking care of them, just throw my little notes their way and just see if um, we can get a younger, more active UGA in uh, the near future. That's all I'm saying. A more active UGA would be awesome. But I'll, I'll see him tomorrow, the, the Silers. I'll, I'll mention it to him. Cool. Wake him up if he's asleep. We need active UGA. I'll pet him. We'll see. All right, man. Um, you want to wrap it up, right? Yeah, I, I, unless you got something else to talk about. I got a uh, paper to get to. I'm still got I, about a thousand words to write on this ancient Muslim physician. Oh boy! Wow. All right, let's get you to do that. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate it. Happy to be back, and uh, we will see you guys next week. See y'all.